Mississippi State with a 2-1 win over the Texas Longhorns. And alongside Charlie Winfield, I'm Bart Gregory, and this is the postgame wrap show right live in the Bank First Studios, downtown Startville. And, uh, Charlie, I tell you what, uh, I said this when I walked in the door today. The best pitching matchup I think I've ever seen was Chris Stratton versus Kevin Gosman in Baton Rouge in 2012. And you're about to take that back, aren't you? I'm taking it back. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking it back. That was an all-timer. I can't – B.J. Wallace had the 19. That was in, what, 1993? 1992. 1992 here against Nickel State in 10 innings. If Bednar goes 10 innings tonight, he gets 19. Oh, I, th- I think at least. <laughs> I think without doubt that's the best one I've ever seen. And in 1992, he probably would have gone 10 innings meaning the style of play back then, let a guy go deeper. Bednar did everything you could have asked him to do today and more. I cannot imagine when that team left the hotel that Scott Foxhall, Chris Lamonis, that anybody on that bus is thinking, all right, I got to have 15 strikeouts from you today <laughs> and basically don't allow anybody on base. He was phenomenal. How many times do we see matchups like that live up to the billing. Ty Madden was good. Texas pitching was equally as good. They were they were solid. They were really, really good. We had two runs on five hits. Texas had one run on four hits. They had the tying run at third when the game ended, the winning run at first. I mean, it, it's as a dramatic ending as you could possibly get. Hey, and real quick, one of the things that happened in that ball game, because of the way Bednar pitched, the big worry I think you and I both have was the pressure that was going to be put on our defense and in particular the infield by Texas's speed. The infield did not come into play. But think about being the shortstop and the second baseman. You've kind of been standing there all day watching a great pitching performance like the rest of us. When that ball went on the ground to second base, all I could see – look, I've lived a lot of years as a Mississippi State fan, and I had a lot of negative things flashing through my mind as Scotty DeBrule reared that arm back to throw to first. Well, not just that. It was also foresight, too. Thank goodness there were two routine ground balls. The only ground balls we had to field the entire game came in the ninth inning, which is simply amazing. Our pitching staff faced 33 guys tonight. 33 guys. Of course, a College World Series record 21 strikeouts. 21 strikeouts. You had a, a looping fly ball to the second baseman, a little looping line drive to the second baseman early. Yeah, that was actually – Goes in the book to the third base. As a third baseman, right behind the bag. And then you had the popped-up bunt. I can't believe Texas did not try to bunt before the eighth inning. I cannot believe it. The guy that came to the plate, Kennedy, he was the one we talked about. And I almost tweeted early in that – before he came to the plate in the eighth inning, I almost said, watch the bunt, here it comes. And then he bunts it and he pops it up. But I can't believe they didn't try to test anything in the infield before that. And for the people who didn't hear us this morning, the thing about Kennedy, he had 55 hits on the season coming in. 26 of those hits did not leave the infield. They were a variety of bunt singles and infield hits. This is a team in Texas that likes to put pressure on you in the running game. How did you defeat that? Well, you kept them off the bases. They just didn't have guys to run with. They like to put pressure on you with the bunting game. This is a team that bunts a lot. I thought they waited really late to do that. I thought for certain just to try to get Bednar out of rhythm or something in about the third, see if he can put one down. After seeing Texas play twice, and we saw them the first game of the year, and we see them here today, 
they're a team that does not like 95. I mean, they were late. <laughs> and, hey, and here's a point that, that Kyle Peterson made during the broadcast, and we've made this on the broadcast a couple of times this year just because of the guys we hang out with and understand. And then they talk about you know, the new velocity on baseballs and w- with the spin rates and things of that nature. And everybody talks about pitching with high spin rate high in the zone. But I think tonight what you saw was the high spin rate low in the zone of keeping its plane. How many times did you see Texas batters swing underneath the ball? How many times did you see takes at the knees when you think that ball is down but it's not? High spin rate, low part of the zone tonight was such a big key, especially for Bednar. We haven't heard a ton of people talk about that in broadcasting. The guys that you and I visited with, Kyle Peterson talks about it, mentioned it a little bit today, and Scott Foxhall. And one of the things he was talking to us about is when we first started as pitching coaches, understanding RPMs and spin rates and all this, everything told you live up in the zone with it. Think Ethan Small. And then the thing that started happening, we talked about Preston Johnson being the guy who's really good at this. He has a fastball that just your mind thinks it's going low. It catches the bottom of the zone until late in the ball game. Until the bottom of the eighth or so, I thought the zone was fairly consistent. Got tight. Also thought that game was over about twice in the ninth. I thought Melendez, without doubt, you know, took the third strike. Steve Mattingly, he was kind of a little all over the place. I, I thought he was very generous. I thought he was very pitcher-friendly for the most part. And then, like you said, in the ninth inning, I thought he got pretty tight, especially down in the zone. That had been a strike the entire game. And uh, I really did not want to be an irrational fan on Twitter, but I was very, very close. Here's how I watched the ninth inning is I sat there with with Sims, who's 10, and I remember in 1985 being an eight-year-old kid sitting on the edge of the couch downtown Nanawoya, a little bit on the south side, when a guy named Greg Elena hit a home run and ran one out, and then all of a sudden, boom. And I remember, I still remember that feeling. I still remember that feeling 36 years ago. And I'm sitting there going, man, I hope. Because he was jacked up. He was like, we're one out away. We're one out away. And I'm like, temper, temper. And so I was just hoping he was not about to have one of those moments. But, hey, just going back, man, I tell you what, Bednar established fastballs. What did we say earlier today in Sunday Coffee? Who could establish the slider? The slider was going to be the big pitch. It was going to be the big pitch for Ty Madden. He controlled the slider. That was the difference today that it was in game one. We told you game one really didn't matter because he didn't control the slider that day. He controlled it today. And then Will Bednar had to match that. He controlled his slider, and it's a different type of slider. And they talked about it on the broadcast. Madden has depth. Bednar is pretty much lateral, but they controlled the strike zone and commanded the strike zone and did not mind throwing that slider at any count. I thought of Joe Girardi when I saw Bednar a couple of times. We were watching on the playoff series a couple of years ago. Joe Girardi was sitting in with Fox as the color analyst, and he kept using this phrase, hipping him with the slider. And the idea is you know, you're throwing it at the guy's hip, and you're relying on it to come back to the inside part of the plate, you see a lot of pitchers, right-handed hitters facing a right-handed batter, and they want to throw that slider away, establish the fastball away, and then let it run. But we saw Bednar, to borrow from Joe Girardi, hipping him with a slider a couple of times because he was able to locate sliders on the inside part of the plate as well. 
I don't know how you hit that, honestly. It's If you can throw that pitch the way that Bednar was doing it, playing off that 94-mile-an-hour fastball, it's, you just can't hit it. And once again, we're in the Bank First studios in downtown Starkville. Bank First, they're a growing bank headquartered out of Columbus, Mississippi. Moat Griffin and the gang over there, they're an expanding bank. Man, I tell you, they're just getting bigger and bigger. Mississippi and Alabama, their commercial lending is on fire right now. They're doing a great job with that. Of course, the people with the refinancing their houses, their mortgage department's outstanding. So check them out at bankfirstfs.com. And the Bank First Studios. I'm Bart Gregory along with Charlie Winfield. This is the post-game wrap show. We're talking about Mississippi State's 2-1 to win over Texas in the opening round of the College World Series. And so now, you know, all of a sudden, you find yourself in a winner's bracket ball game. You play against Virginia on Tuesday. Here's what you do know. You're going to play at least until Thursday. And so if you, if you left to go to Omaha on Saturday and you said, hey, I'm going to stay until we get beat – you, you better you better find the find the washing machine. And Head so, on down to the front desk. Tell them I'm going to be here another day. Going to be here a few more days. But man, I tell you what, Charlie. Just looking back from an all time standpoint, is that the best one you've ever seen? It has to be, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, that's that was just. I, I know we've had close games, but I think the thing that may distinguish this game for me is that number one, it's a hugely significant game. Obviously, winning the first two games in the College World Series is so important. But I think the thing that helps define, and I don't want to overreact due to the recency, but here's the thing for me that makes me really put this game up there as an all-time game, is that you had two pitchers who we're going to be watching in playoff baseball in the major leagues. We're talking about Joe Girardi doing the playoffs. These two guys are going to be on the mound in a big league stadium in a hurry. And these two guys both – pitched lights out. I mean, if you're Texas right now, you have to be really down. I I told somebody during the game, whoever loses this game is going to feel like this isn't their year. Because both – we talk about spending bullets. We talk about this every week. We spent bullets tonight. We went Bednar and then Sims. I mean, and Sims threw 51 pitches in this game. We talked last weekend about – Notre Dame in game one about that game one win was so big for us because they went Bertrand and then Colehep. That was their two guys. Tonight, Texas, they've been back-ending Madden with a right-hander, a freshman, a freshman right-hander we talked about it this morning. They came with Hanson out of the bullpen, which is their number two guy. I mean, he is their, he's their number two guy. Everybody went all in today. There was no holding anything back. Everybody went all in. And if we'd have thrown those punches at him, if we'd have had that outing from Bednar and then brought in Landon Sims and lost, oh. how do you tell your team, hey, we're still right there? You know, and conversely, now if you're Texas, but that's you have to go back to your hotel and think, Ty Madden just did everything we could have reasonably hoped for. I mean, he basically gets beat by a fly ball to center field and a ball that – is 50-50 on being caught on a normal day. The wind really hurt that ball. Um, by the way, and I know we're talking about big plays and all that, Scotty DeBrule, we talked about him in our show this morning. Who's going to be that guy that's going to step up and do something? And go back, sacrifice flies, don't win many awards at the end of the year banquet. They don't get your moms very excited. They don't fit well on a T-shirt. But they win ball games. 
and Scotty DeBrule in that situation with the guy at third, after a strikeout putting that ball in play, I thought it was so big to push that run across the board early. Here's the thing about it. When you've got a guy like Ty Madden on the mound, and I look at a guy in a lineup and I say, okay, he was 0 for 4, he was 0 for 3, I don't take it out on you tonight because that guy's elite. That guy is elite. But let's look back at that fourth inning. Madden had really handcuffed us in the first three frames. We got a guy on base to Brule in the second inning on a on a throwing error with two outs. And then we got a two out single by Rowdy in the third inning. So we really didn't threaten. And nobody threatened in the first three innings. And I thought, you know, you kind of wondered, and they brought this up on the broadcast too, about, you know, early day, you got the shadows working, you got the shadows at home plate and the pitchers in the sun. And so you're throwing from the sun into the shadows. And we've always talked about that on the broadcast about how tough that is for a hitter because he sees spin early and then he loses the ball once it goes into the shadow. So I thought things may even up a little bit when you got to the middle innings. And then you get the leadoff walk. Leadoff walks, man. I'm telling you, leadoff walks is crazy. Cameron James drawing the leadoff walk in the fourth inning. And then Josh Hatcher gets a gets a ball up and he pulls it in the right field. And all of a sudden you got something working. And once again, Cameron James the ability to go first to third on a single. Hit the bag at second, got over there in a hurry. That ball was hit hard. Logan Tanner strikes out, one of his four of the night. You got a runner at third, less than two outs. You don't really want to strike out in that situation. He did. He didn't see it at all tonight. Logan was 0 for 4 with four strikeouts. But like I just said a moment ago, I'm not holding that against anybody. So you got the one run in. Like you said, Scotty DeBrule coming to the plate, you're a double play away from getting nothing in that situation. But to get lift and get it to the outfield, that sacrifice fly just to break the ice was huge. And then Brad Cumbus up next, just putting the ball in play. Off the bat, he thought that was a foul ball. I did too. And it lands two inches in fair territory. You get the triple, you got the 2 nothing lead, and lo and behold, you didn't know it at the time. You felt like at the time you probably needed more. If you'd have asked me before this game started, with the wind blowing out at 20 miles an hour, and I don't care if you got Bednar and Madden on the mound or not, I'd have told you seven may get you. Seven may be the number to win it. I had it at six. I told somebody two, it was going to be a 6-5 game. And two was the number. Two was the winning number. I would have never guessed that. And so I think that really speaks to volumes about how good those guys were tonight. Because not only did you have the College World Series and the atmosphere and a tight ball game, you had a wind blowing 20 miles an hour out to straightaway center field. That was not a pitcher's ballpark tonight. No. At and all. those guys did that. It just adds a level just, of difficulty to what they did tonight. It just adds some more to it and just another layer. But those two runs in the fourth inning, and then all of a sudden the way that Will Bednar is pitching, 2 nothing feels like 5 6 nothing, And so he was able to pitch with a lead. Bednar tonight, to me, made himself, number one, a lot of money. That's, that's an issue for down the road. But I think the thing he did – is he went out there like a big-time ace. We've talked all these years. You, know, you and I spend a lot of time talking about all-time teams and all-time great guys. That's an outing that B.J. Wallace is impressed by. That's an outing that Bobby Reed, you know what I'm saying? That outing tonight took a backseat to nobody. Yeah, it did. And I had a friend text me about – he was talking about the square and recruits and him making money and – 
trying to draw comparisons, and it was – I won't say all that right now, but I, he did. He made himself a lot of money tonight. He solidified himself in the top round tonight of the Major League Baseball draft. And how cool was it, too? Because one of the things you worry about in Omaha is the pressure. You worry about what's getting to guys. That guy looked like he was playing a church league softball game. And I go back to my point that I made this morning about simple things. It almost seemed like the the moment was not too big. And I go back to pitching in this ballpark. I go back to having to pitch in front of so many people. And I know they're your own fans. And having the ability to pitch in a ballpark where you're just completely encompassed by fans the entire game. And he went out there tonight and just shoved it. It looked, it looked like his. He looked like he was on beta blockers, man. I mean, he looked like a PGA pro golfer. Well, not today in the U.S. Open because all those guys flopped at the end. But I mean, he acted like the moment was not big at all and just went out there and shoved it. I think I'm going to make my whole office walk around tomorrow, like touching their uh, inside of their forearm, <laughs> whatever that move is he's doing. We're going to have Will Bednar day here at the office tomorrow. So you get those runs right there. You lead two to nothing and really didn't scratch the rest of the way. We, we did not have another inning. where That was the only inning in the game. The fourth inning was the only inning we had multiple base runners. We had a leadoff single by Cameron James in the sixth inning, and he was thrown out. I had no problem with him getting thrown out at third right there. You know, you're trying to manufacture. You're trying to get a runner to third in less than two outs is what you're trying to do. You're trying to score on a ground ball. I had no problems with the sixth inning. Maybe had a little bit more problem with Scotty DeBrule leading off in the seventh and the strike him out, throw him out, double play with Kellum Clark. Kellum was 0 for 3 tonight, three strikeouts, looked like a freshman. You know he's he's got some swing and miss in him right there. I did not want Lane Forsyth leading off the next inning. I did not either. And I've, I had a few arguments about that tonight, but I thought it was pretty clear to me that, look, moving DeBrule to second base – still requires one of the next two guys to get a base hit. And I had not seen – this isn't a knock on him. I just thought they were facing elite pitching. But I had not seen anything from Kellum Clark or Lane Forsythe at that point that made me think that was going to be a high likelihood. So if you start playing the odds, particularly when you consider that Clark's down in the count two strikes right there, you know, at that point I'm thinking, let's just go ahead and lead off the eighth with Rowdy. Okay, let's look at their stats. It's time to look at our stats, and our stats are brought to you by Maroon and White Realty. Maroon and White Realty, located right here in Startwell on Star Avenue. Sterling Dahl and the gang, they know everything that's going on in the real estate market. If you're looking for someone to run your rental properties, to manage your properties in town, if you want to buy 50 units in Startwell, convert them to condos, whatever you want to do. You need somebody to run them for you, these guys know what they're doing. Sterling Dahl and the guys, if you're looking for a home, if you're looking for something for your student, for a kid that's coming to school here, call Sterling Dahl and the gang at Maroon and White Realty, and they bring you our stats each and every game. And first, let's take a look at the visitors tonight. It was Mississippi State. Bulldogs had five hits in a game, only one player with multiple hits, and that was Rowdy Jordan in the leadoff spot. Rowdy was two for four. And then you had a one-for-three night from Cameron James. You had a one-for-four night from Hancock. Cameron did get on base twice. He walked once as well. You had a one-for-three night from Brad Cumbust, and that was it. So State tonight, one run, four hits. Excuse me, two runs on five hits. Two runs, five hits. Played errorless baseball. Really didn't have a chance to make an error. 
which was outstanding. Left four on the bases, while Texas one run, four hits, one error, and they left five on the bases. From a pitching standpoint, Bednar, here's the line totals tonight. Six innings of work, no runs, one hit, 15 strikeouts in one walk. Yeah, that does it, man. That's the best one I've ever seen. You know, Chris, Chris Stratton had 17 that night in Baton Rouge, and I'm not taking anything away from Chris, who, is, who by the way, is David Bednar, Will Bednar's teammate in Pittsburgh. But he threw 108 pitches, 65 strikes. I think Chris threw like 140 that night down in Baton Rouge. But his ERA now at 3.26, and Bednar improves to 8-1 and one on the season. And then Landon Sims, after that long outing on Monday, comes right back, gives up one run. It was a home run on three hits in the final three innings of work. And six strikeouts, no walks. He didn't walk. He got to three ball counts a couple times, didn't walk anybody, threw 52 pitches, 35 strikes. And so that's the line total for State. For Texas, they had four hits, one hit each by four different players. Antico at the top spot, he was one for four. Of course, he had the home run. Daly in the two spot in the order was one for four. Melendez in the four spot was one for four. And then Williams batting down in the sixth spot in the order. Yeah, down in the sixth spot, he was one for four as well. Man, you look at how State just kind of dominated Texas at the bottom of the order. And look at all those strikeouts. Man, you look Williams – Hodo, Faltini, Ardwan, then Kennedy in the nine-hole spot only struck out one one time. But those previous guys struck out three times. You got four guys in a row. Excuse me, four guys in a row that struck out three times tonight. Madden went uh, seven innings, gave up two runs, both earned on four hits. He had ten strikeouts and two walks. And then Hanson, as we talked about, came in and pitched the final two innings. No runs, one hit, two strikeouts. And he threw 26 pitches in the game and 18 strikes. And that's a look at our stats brought to you by Maroon and White Realty on Star Avenue in Starkville. Give them a call. Sterling Dahl and the gang at Maroon and White Realty. They'll get you set for all your real estate needs in town. So, Charlie, any of those numbers really stand out to you? I mean, when you start talking about all these strikeouts for State tonight, that's that's the number that takes the key is 21 strikeouts in just one walk. One walk to me in a game like this in a soccer score, when you only give up two free passes, a walk and one hit batsman, that's how you win. You don't give up anything for you. You gave Texas nothing. Yeah, you walked and you hit a guy. So you basically gave two guys the free pass. But the thing, I think the story of the game is just both teams failing to put the ball in play and or to phrase that in a more positive way, both pitchers for these two teams just overpowering hitters in this game. I mean, there were a lot of bats that weren't even competitive throughout the ball game. I thought the, the pitchers were just dominant. State wins it 2-1 to one over Texas. And that's the thing, Charlie. When you start looking at this game and you start trying to go piece by piece and moment by moment, I mean, neither team really had anything going at all that you can really put up and say, hey, that was a big moment to get out of this, a big moment to get out of that, because it was just such a dominant effort. It was such a dominant effort. And so now we have to find a play of the game. And so play of the game brought to you by our friends at Two Brothers Smoke Meats down on University Drive in Starkville. Two brothers got those tacos. Man, they got everything on the menu is outstanding. You went to lunch there today, right? I did. I, I passed by. I thought I saw you. 
And, uh, man, everything there is outstanding. Two Brothers Smoke Meats bringing you our play of the game. What say you, Charlie? Oh, play of the game for me, Scotty DeBrule. Scotty DeBrule just getting a ball in the air, getting that first run on the board. I thought it was huge. Yeah, it was massive. It was massive. I'm just looking at the scorecard. I mean, Texas, I'm trying to think of something that we did on the mound. Of course, you know, just just bearing down and getting outs. But, I mean, you just limited Texas so much. I think probably to me it's the fourth inning with Zuby at the plate. You've got the two, three, four hitters at the plate for Texas. And you've just scored two runs. They get the leadoff single in the inning. And you're like, okay, this is Texas trying to answer right here. you got the three-hole hitter and Zuby at the plate after the, the leadoff single by Daly. And you get the strikeout right there. I thought just holding momentum right there, not allowing Texas to get back in a game in the middle innings, I thought that was huge right there. Is you got that leadoff single up the middle, but then which was the first hit of the game. You had only gone from the stretch. That would be the second time all night. You had to go from the stretch in the third inning after the two-out hit batsman to Kennedy, the nine-hole hitter. Then Daly gets that single. You're going back to the stretch with nobody out in the fourth. But strikeout, flyout, strikeout to end the fourth inning and keep it where it is at two to nothing and preserve that lead. I thought that was big for me. And that's our plays of the game brought to you by Maroon and White Realty. Excuse me. By Two Brothers Smoke Meats. Maroon and White Realty is our stats. And Two Brothers Smoke Meats bringing you our play of the game. And so, Charlie, now you're 1-0. and And, hey, they brought up that stat tonight. I was close. I, I, I was close the last time. I said 26 of 29 this morning maybe. But it's like 36 out of 39 of your past national champions have started 1-0. So getting win number one tonight was absolutely huge. Oh, absolutely. And, again, to go back to something we talked about earlier, it's huge for a couple of reasons, and one of those reasons is – that we went all in. We had all our chips on the table. We just couldn't afford to not win that ball game today. All right, let's look at the College World Series, how everything is stacked up right now. Of course, NC State and Stanford, that was game one yesterday, and NC State stays alive. They stay hot, man. They are so hot right now, probably the hottest team in Omaha. 10-4 win over Stanford. And then late last night, Vanderbilt in 12 innings, Walked it off with a 7-6 win over Arizona. So now, NC State and Vanderbilt, that's your late game tomorrow night up in uh, Omaha. Stanford, with that loss, they'll take on Arizona. So it's a Pac-12 matchup in the first game tomorrow. 1 o'clock start on ESPN ESPNU. So the hot game tomorrow with Arizona and Stanford. The winner stays alive. The loser goes back home. And then in bracket two, earlier today, Virginia knocking off Tennessee. Hey, Virginia is the hot team on our side of the bracket. I mean, they, uh, they're they playing well right now. They're just scooting on through. A non-top 16 team making some noise right now. They were 35 and 25 coming into today. Tennessee was a very hot team. Virginia winning earlier today. So State will now turn its attention to a 6 o'clock start on Tuesday night against the Virginia Cavaliers, a rematch of the 2013 Super Regional in Charlottesville, and Texas and Tennessee fall to the loser's bracket. They'll play the 1 o'clock game 
on Tuesday. And so right now, now you talk about one game at a time, and that's the way you have to play it right now. Now you know you're at least playing on Thursday. If you lose this game on Tuesday, you turn around and play on Thursday. If you win the game on Tuesday, you play Friday night. And so then all of a sudden you start talking about getting some rest with your pitchers and getting some separation and getting some days off. And that's where the College World Series is so different than any other style of tournament. Because Landon Sims, you would have burned him on a weekend today. But now you've got a chance, a, just a realistic chance of seeing him pretty quick. Well, yeah, you could see him the very next ball game you play. Now, I don't know how long you go with him. You know, you used him a lot tonight, but I think he's got a chance to be able to come back out maybe in two days. And you certainly know that once you get to game three, you've got him. Now, here's something we haven't talked about. Houston Harding was in the bullpen tonight. We did talk about that as a possibility earlier today. Now, admittedly, when we were talking about that, I was thinking that we would be talking about that situation, say, in the fourth, if Bednar didn't have it. I didn't expect to see that later in the ball game. Well, this was in the fifth inning. And so it's almost like if if you can't get past the sixth, we're going to have to have somebody bridge a gap to Sims. And you could probably throw Houston Harding for an inning. So you kind of figure what they're talking about. And we talked about that this morning. You're just trying to, to figure a path with all those right-handed hitters. And I know he's a left-hander, but his changeup really comes into play, especially on a night like the, like tonight. I was just trying to get it to Sims. But once you allowed Bednar to get through six, and then when he walked out there in the seventh inning, I thought Kyle Peterson said it perfectly. If he let somebody get on, you go get him. And we let somebody get on, and he actually was able to throw a strike on the next batter <laughs> before we were able to come get him. Before Chris Lamonis could get out of the dugout. <laughs> hey, wait, what are we doing here? <laughs> He's out there throwing a pitch. So at the end of the day, it's a College World Series. It's against the University of Texas. First win for state against Texas in the College World Series. And, Charlie, man, I tell you what, as a state fan, man, I, I I can't remember anything like this as far as going there this big of a moment and seeing what we saw on the mound tonight. It, it's, you just can't describe it. Well, and so am I supposed to sit here and enjoy this or am I supposed to say, but it only means something if you can follow it up? Yeah, um, yeah I mean, it does. I mean – Will it be forgotten? No, it will not be forgotten. But I'll tell you this, man, you know, <laughs> Tuesday's a big game. Tuesday's a big game. You want McLeod to go out there and really shove it well. And you want that wind to point back the other direction, yeah, don't you? Yeah, you want the wind to, to pop back around. I'm telling you, man, when I saw that with the wind blowing straight out, you're like, what? Because anything – any bad pitch, any hanging slider, that's the thing you dealt, you didn't see with uh, with Bednar is a changeup. He didn't throw a changeup at all tonight. It was just two pitches. Sometimes guys will wait back and run a changeup out of the yard, but Texas just could not catch up with the fastball. So that's what made it fun. That was, that was as good as it gets right there. Ty Madden and Will Bednar. And so Tuesday night, 6 o'clock, State in Virginia in the winner's bracket game. Got to be the visitor again. Yep, we're going to be the visitor in this game. Have a coin flip. We were the visitor. Virginia was the visitor, so you have a coin flip. They won the coin toss. What that means is, is if you can win, you're probably going to be the home team in the winner's bracket game if you can win on Friday. 
so Tuesday just becomes Tuesday's one massive, of those big, big ball games. Tuesday's a big game. Anything else, Charlie, for the good of the cause? Hey, good win tonight. No, it's a good oh, win. My goodness, what a good win! State wins it two-one over Texas in the opening game of the College World Series, and so now kind of sit back and wait a little bit. Got 48 hours to think about it, and we'll come back around and play it again on Tuesday night. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Dogs win it two to one over Texas. You've been listening to the post game wrap, and once again, thanks to our sponsors Bank First, Maroon and White Realty, and Two Brothers Smoke Meats. For Charlie Winfield, I'm Bart Gregory. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us. <laughs>